you have a Bible nearby, let's turn to Psalm 126 together. So those two songs uh, in many ways set up everything for tonight. Uh, The gift of Jesus and his love for us as demonstrated uh, in his arrival and his life and his death and his resurrection and his ascension. Like everything about Jesus is all encompassing, just constantly demonstrating his love for us and his, um, his drive to redeem us, but also to heal and restore us from things, uh, from all the effects that sin has had on our lives. And, and so all of us being in process, you know, we, we see him, him coming and everything that he is about and all these demonstrations of love from saving us, but also walking us through those times of healing and restoration. And um, as the first song pointed out, that there, there just isn't a point as we go through life where we are by ourselves. And so much of what these Brag on Jesus nights have been about over the last several years is people talking about how Jesus walked them through difficulty, uh, things that they were blindsided by, things that they had uh, been putting off for years, Wounds that they have uh, struggled to deal with, those, those kinds of things. The fact that, that he stepped them through it. And uh, Psalm 126 is one of the places where uh, we can turn and see uh, the benefit and sort of the why that we would take time on a Sunday night to do these, these kinds of things. Uh, all throughout the Bible, we see um, whether it's the, the instruction of God to do this or just the practice of the people of God doing this, uh, we're constantly bragging on who our God is and what He has done. We're constantly telling the story and telling the story and telling the story and sharing it with, with one another and telling Him directly how great He is and telling other people uh, how great our God is and, and just what, how good that is for us to share these things and not to keep them to ourselves. Um, in Psalm 126, the first verse... It says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Um, it's interesting in the first verse when they're basically saying like when, when God did this, this thing, uh, we were like, we're, it's like we were caught in a dream, you know. And I don't know about you, but I know I've, I've been in places where uh, I've asked the Lord to do something and asked Him and asked Him and been fearful of what that might entail and all these kind of things. And then when you get into it, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to stand on one side of the riverbank and know that you're, you need to, to cross it. Um, when you're standing there and you have all these fears, but let's say you enter into it and when you're in the middle of it... Uh, you know, things are kind of weird at times. And then sometimes when you get to the other side, though, and, and there is some healing, there is some progress, there's some, I don't know, you're, you kind of get to, sometimes where you're like, I'm not even sure that this is real, you know. Like, I really, I cannot believe that God was that good to me, that he was that gracious to me, that he was that kind. Uh, I can't believe that I used to fear certain things. I can't, I just can't believe that. And, and I, I, so I think in verse one, they said, we were like those who dream. That's, Kind of what they're saying. It's like it was a dream. It's like we, like it was too good to be true. Um, 
And we know that that's really the, the heart of the gospel. Uh, that's what Brendan Manning says about the gospel. He said, the thing is, it's, it's like it's too good to be true. Uh, and when you, when, the, when you see the gospel as something that really is too good to be true, then, then you're, you're kind of getting to the core of it. You know, you're like, yeah, exactly. Now you're starting to understand it because it kind of seems that way. But the beauty is that it is true. Uh, their response, our mouth was filled with laughter, our tongue with shouts of joy. Just the response to what God has done, how that evokes things in us. Um, to the point where other nations were looking at them and saying, the Lord has done great things for them. Uh, that there is an, people who are not a part of the church should be able to look at what God's doing in our lives and see, like, man, something, there's something legit about Jesus. Uh, only, it would take divine intervention for some of these things to be happening. Um, and then verse 3, for them to say, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Um, in verse 4, it, it takes a turn. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Okay, it's a desert. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. See, it's almost like one, two, and three in this, in this psalm. There's some people who are in this room tonight, and that's where you are, you know, where you're saying, God has done this in my life, and I can't wait to, to talk about it, and maybe not even up here, but just to share um, my, uh, I'm rejoicing, I'm filled with laughter, it's like I'm caught in a dream, I'm, I just can't believe that the Lord has done such great things for me. Some of you identify with 1, 2, and 3, some of you identify with 4, 5, and 6, where you're not on the other side of that healing, or that restoration, or that pain. Um, you're not on the other side of obedience, you're not on the other side of things you're addicted to, or struggling with, or pain, or whatever. Uh, you're, you're on... The, uh, this initial side of the riverbank, and you know you want to cross through it into that healing, um, but you're just uncertain. And so some of you will identify more with 4, 5, and 6, where your prayer is, restore our fortunes, O Lord, like verse 4. You're like, do that in me. The things that I'm going to hear from people share tonight, do that in me. Um, verse 5, those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. Some of you are in tearful places. And tonight is for you as well. It's not just about the people who are going to come and share. Uh, it's about you as well. Because there are, there are steps and there's, there's a role that tonight's supposed to play in your heart as well. Um, for those who are weeping and those who are in difficulty uh, to see the other side of it as well. So um, this psalm kind of, in, kind of encapsulates everything that tonight is about. In some ways, we're going to be sharing and rejoicing. In other ways, we're going to be uh, challenged walking into this next year uh, for those who are struggling uh, to be encouraged. And so for those who are, if you're a more of a four, five, and six situation, uh, tonight I would encourage you to listen deeply and to let Jesus encourage you with wherever you are and whatever it is that you're going through. Um, to let him speak to your fears and your concerns and your uncertainties uh, through the testimonies of people who are going to get up and talk about faithfulness. And it, it may make you mad at some point, you know. It may make you mad that someone's going to make, make him up here and be so happy and celebrate so much of what God's done. And it may just frustrate the daylights out of you to sit there and not be in that situation. Um, I would just encourage you, uh, just as, as a pastor in your life, 
to be open to letting Jesus use someone else's victory to encourage you to jump into the river, you know, to coax you in. So I see it really, it's going to be okay. Um, to not compare yourself to someone and get frustrated with them, but to let, let, let that be an encouragement to you. Um, because at the end of 2014, we'll do this again, and maybe you'll come up, maybe you'll be the one that's in the verses 1, 2, and 3 place. Uh, but if you aren't there now, then tonight's still for you as well. Uh, be open to let Jesus speak and encourage and draw you into what he has for you. Those who will be sharing, uh, I would ask that you um, see tonight as brought to you by the letter C. Um, the first word is, is going to be... Uh, wait. <laughs> oh, yeah, the first word is concise. Ironically, that would come from me. Um, the first letter, the first C word would be concise. And I would just ask you to not get up here and tell a 35-minute story. Um, I'm sure that everything is worthy of a greater than 35-minute backstory. But there, there may be 60 people that want to share tonight. And if you take up a lot of the time, you know, that kind of stuff. So I would ask that you would be concise uh, in your sharing. Uh, the second one would, would be considerate, that you would be considerate of who's in the room. Um, sometimes in, in, in the sharing of the things that we've been through, sometimes we end up actually just bulldozing other people. So you may be celebrating something that someone else is going through. Uh, and so if you get up and let's say that there's some sort of habitual sin that you have been freed from, Maybe don't describe yourself in such a way that if someone's sitting out there, it actually just piles stuff on top of them. You know, uh, you want to be an encouragement to them, and so be considerate of the fact that there may be some people struggling with very similar things that you are. Uh, be considerate of the fact that there are kids in the room. Be considerate of others, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and the third one, the third letter, uh, the third word starts with C would be credit. Um, this is not a time where we exalt ourselves. And sometimes it's easy to, uh, in a you know, very polite way, redirect the credit back to ourselves. And so make sure that you are giving the credit where it is due. And so um, that's kind of all the instruction that I have for us tonight. And so tonight the people preach the sermon. And so uh, I don't know who wants to go first. But uh, usually the way this works the best is if um, we'll have somebody kick it off, but then if you would like to get in the line, just come sit on the, we have a lot of front row space available. In fact, a lot, even some, yeah, a lot of front row space available. So just kind of make your way down, sit down here. When you come up, uh, tell everybody your name, because we don't all know everyone's names, and then just share uh, what Jesus has done. So who would like to be the first to get the ball rolling tonight? You can just like, I'll just Bob Barker it. Just come on down. Uh, whoever would like that. All right. I know her name, so I'll say that this is Cabrini. Get to hold the mic. All right. Sorry if I'm a little loud. I have a loud voice normally, but, um, so I'm very nervous being up here, but the Lord has put on my heart about sharing on this night for several years, actually. Um, some nights I haven't been able to be here just because of being on call, but um, I figured that since I probably won't be here next year because we're moving, um, tonight would be a good night to share. So um, I am from Seattle, for some of you that do not know that, and um, I 
was raised uh, Catholic and um, in middle school started going to non-denominational church, um, renewed my faith at that point, but um, still wasn't really uh, following the Lord um, the way that I would characterize my life now. And um, essentially, uh, lots of years went by, obviously, um, came down here because of a job uh, with LSU. And uh, a friend of mine, Rebecca Woodson, at the time, uh, invited me to the ring. And um, it was actually a conversation that we had at work where we were chatting about church or something. And she goes, oh, you're a Christian? Like, really surprised, you know? And that didn't feel so great. So I felt like that was a time in my life where the Lord was like, wow, if people are shocked by the fact that you're a Christian, that it's probably not the way to be living your life. So um, in any case, I came to the ring and um, really started to feel what it meant to fall in love with Jesus. And um, people would say that, and I didn't really understand it um, at all. And uh, through just, you know, obviously faithful community and um, lots of prayer, um, was able to truly um, renew my relationship with the Lord. And, and actually, the two years I spent back up in Seattle for some research, um, got baptized. Um, technically the third time, but <laughs> I felt like it was um, supposed to happen. Catholic babies get uh, baptized at birth and uh, shortly after. And then... Um, baptized again in middle school, but really felt like this time was um, really meaningful and um, was truly the um, revelation of who I am in the Lord. And so um, I remember uh, Sarah Norman sharing a few years back and uh, bragging on Jesus. And one of the things that she shared was about how um, the Lord had really restored her faith um, and how he had... Um, renewed her mind when it came to uh, marriage and relationships. And um, I remember listening to her and uh, really going home that night and uh, just asking the Lord, can you renew my mind like that? Um, because I wasn't raised with a father and um, just had a really uh, dismal outlook on the whole situation and didn't believe uh, for myself or even for others that um, he could restore relationships like that and um, could really uh, have what now I understand to be is um, God's, you know, design for marriage. And um, anyway, so um, as many of you know, I'm currently engaged to a very godly man, um, Rodney. And, uh, <laughs> and that in and of itself, I feel like, is, uh, is, a, is a miracle in my life and is a real testimony to who God is and how he does restore and how he does bring new life. Um, and uh, how he can take us from the deepest, darkest of places and just make us new. And, uh, and so I'm really glad that so many of you are uh, able to, you know, I know through lots of your prayers um, for Rodney over the years and um, myself that, that this is um, coming to reality and just that you'll be able to share with us and have been able to share with us. And um, even though we may not physically be here um, next year because of being in Michigan, just know that um, our hearts are deep, deep rooted in the ring community and all of you um, that will be praying for you and um, that we love you so much. And even if I don't know some of you, that I hope to get to know you in the next few months before we do move, um, but that uh, God does restore and he does make new each and every day and we love him for that. So thank you.
thanks. I read Martha. There you are. She told me on the way over here, Jess, you better brag on Jesus. And I said, heck no, I'm not doing that. And the Lord made me. Um, Psalms 116 says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me and pains of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Yeah, he's, he's so good, so, so good. Um, in the fall of 2011, my world was completely turned upside down. My husband decided he didn't want to be married anymore, and that was hard. Uh, it was really hard. We had fostered kids and chose to adopt them. I mean, we were so holy. We went to church. Like, what? This this was not at all what life was supposed to look like. Um, that was September 2011. Um, we met with our staff. We met with people and tried and tried to restore our marriage. I tried and tried to restore our marriage. Um, and... It didn't work, Um, but God is so faithful, and I didn't know that I would ever, like, there were times that I was like, okay, the only way that I'm going to know that God is faithful is when my marriage is restored, Um, and it's just so not true. It's so, so not true. Before all of that happened, I really did think that I had a close walk with the Lord. I thought that... um, thought that I got it, and I mean, I did, did, but then when I was brought to the lowest place of life and relied on the Lord to be vertical and for breath and to make sure that my kids were halfway eating some things and getting on the school bus, um, that was when I really understood what it meant to completely trust the Lord and to completely rely on him for everything. And it sucked really, really bad. <laughs> but on the other side of it, it was so, so good. Um, I was able to walk through a ton of things in my life from my past, from my childhood, just from lies that I had believed about myself. And the Lord brought such healing and freedom in that time, had I not been faced with the, just, I don't know, my husband leaving me, um, I don't know that I would have dealt with those things in that manner. Um, It was a very, very beautiful, hard time. Um, I know that the Lord has been completely faithful in all of it. Um, As I mentioned, I have two daughters who are 12 and almost 14, and they were in foster care. I mean, their life was not awesome. 
before us. And so there was just a lot of guilt that the enemy tried to send my way um, because I'm like, well, what are we doing? We're, you know, giving them more stuff to deal with. And when I tell you that the Lord has been so faithful in their lives, like, it completely blows my mind to see how God has over and over and over again proven just to be faithful and to be good. Um, it's been an amazing opportunity for me to walk with the girls and because we prayed. We prayed together, you know, please bring Mr. Matt back home. God, please let Mr. Matt know that you love him. Please help our marriage. Like, we prayed and they watched it not happen. But yet they will still tell you, but God's good. And I'm like, holy cow, how do you communicate that to a child? That the things that you've prayed for and you've begged for, God has not answered that prayer. I don't know. I didn't have to. <laughs> the Lord did it. Um, It really does blow my mind. I could go on and on for days of all of the things that the Lord has done. With my kids, that's a huge one. Um, Healing from my past is a huge one. Another huge one is I've experienced community in a way that we talked about a lot. And I just had never been on the receiving end of it. Um, Oh, When the church does what the church is supposed to do, it is so beautiful. And if my husband hadn't left me, I never would have experienced community the way that I experienced it. I'm a single mom only in the fact that I'm single. Like, I'm not raising kids by myself. I'm not living life on my own. Um, That first song we sang, Never Once Did We Ever Walk Alone, I mean, I've been singing that since 2011. Did you write it back then? Maybe. Sure. (laughs) It's been, (laughs) but that has been true for me. The Lord has been so good and it was so hard and it was awful and I'm not all the way on the other side of it. Um, I am divorced. That's final, but it's still hard. I mean, I spent my first Christmas without Matt. That was weird. Um, But God was faithful. He was so faithful. Jesus was still born. And the world's still spinning. And so when I I step back and look, like, the kingdom's not at risk. I'm not at risk. I stand on the rock that is I am. And so I won't be greatly shaken. And Those are the things that I was able to take out of that that we have talked about over and over again. But to experience them and to walk with the Lord. I mean, I used to think that David was a little bit like drama, but I get it. Like, I get it when you're at that point of you don't have words, but the Lord is there and he does restore And sometimes they're, like I've said this before, the Lord preserves the simple, no, no, no. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Like sometimes I have to be super bossy with my soul and tell, no, you go back to your rest because the Lord has been good to you. He has been so good. 
and because it's super easy to get in a pity party. Let me tell you, that's easy. Um, but God has been so, so good, so good. And even in where I am now, I mean, I'm me and the Lord are we're we're good. I'm I've been a punk lately, but we'll deal with it. He's still so so faithful, so faithful, and it blows my mind that we are given all of these things. Like we are given complete access to Him and complete access to healing, and when we don't take it, like it, it's mind boggling. Because there's so much there that is ours. And there's so much there that he has to give, that he's giving to us, like, bountifully. It's there. And all we have to do is, okay. At the very beginning, when Matt left, I decided, I can do this two ways. I can either do it how I want or, okay, God, I'll do it your way. And you tell me what the next step is. And I was able to do that. And I chose the Lord over and over and over again. And it wasn't a choice like, ooh, I chose the Lord. It was, okay, you really are who you say you are. Let's do this again. No, you re- no, really, you really are who you say you are. And it's true. Like the peace and the healing that he offers us is It's just incredible. And so, like, 2011, I thought that was awful, and I was ready for 2012, and I said the same thing in 2012, and it's 2013, and it wasn't awesome. But it doesn't matter because the Lord has dealt bountifully with me. So 2014 is going to be good. I mean, because the Lord's good, so it has to be good, right? What's up? Uh, I'm Rodney, and people call me Ro. Um, thank you. I don't know. Oh, that was funny. Um, so this has been a very uh, roller coasterish year, if that could be a word. Um, roller coasters, the ones that I could fit in anyway. Some of them are the old wooden ones don't work. I can't. It hurts my body. Um, so, remember that lady that came up here when I was engaged? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, so, in March, I think it was the uh, 27th, um, I found out that my father had cancer. Um, and not just a little bit, it was a lot. And it was all throughout his body, um, which was uh, tough, tough, uh, I guess, to swallow. And then, about... Three weeks later, I asked Cabrini uh, to marry me, and she said yes, uh, in case you forgot. Um, And then, uh, I guess, kind of dealing with some things uh, professionally, both on on my end and her end, and um, 
feeling some ups and downs with those things. And then um, that was on May 1st. And then like a week later, finding out that she uh, got offered a position, a fellowship position in Michigan. Um, And we had just watched a movie that was very similar to that, which was kind of funny. Um, But I'll get into that some other time. So rejoicing in the fact that, um, you know, it was professionally, it was bad on May 1st. And then May 7th, it was awesome, you know. And then a few weeks later, um, man, you know, dad passed, which was, which was and still is pretty tough. Um, going through all those firsts with him not being a, uh, around and, um, you know, obviously Christmas time holidays uh, is usually pretty fun, but hasn't been as fun uh, to, to have him, you know, being, being dad, I guess. Um, but it's been cool, the, the cool part. Um, and obviously there's a theme here of, of God's faithfulness and how, um, how regardless of what's going on, he's faithful. And it's been cool because our pastor just goes through this whole series uh, of the hall of faith, if you will, from Hebrews 11, which discusses and points to um, just how big our God is. And I always think that I'm a big guy. I mean, I guess I, I, guess I am a big guy, but... But he's, uh, he's a lot bigger than I ever thought that I, I could be, which is a good thing. Because I try to figure out things on my own. I try to diagnose myself. I try to fix myself. Um, having dealt with some different uh, anxieties and depression issues here and there, uh, I, I try to figure out things so I can, so I can fix it. Because uh, I'm a coach. I'm a teacher and a coach. And if there's a problem on the wrestling mat, then I need to figure it out, uh, address it, I fix it, so those guys won't make the same mistakes next time. Um, that's what I try to do with myself. So all these things going on, all these different emotions going on, I'm trying to, okay, well, I've got to figure it out. Okay, well, I'm thinking this way. Why, why am I thinking this way? Um, well, let's do this. You know, And then I, I try to, I try to, doctor size myself you know I try to fix myself and um, that's not what we're called to do God's faithfulness um, his consistency uh, has just been completely amazing through this whole year to understand that um, it's okay to feel emotion (laughs) Um, to watch him comfort to have him to truly feel um, what a counselor is, and not just in people, but through God Almighty, um, has been just simply amazing. To, again, to watch uh, the prayers of a godly mother be answered through a godly engagement with Cabrini, um, has been obviously, you know, one of the best things in my life. Um, so it's just it's just cool that, you know, we do serve a God that is huge, that He's placed us in a in a church with a pastor and with a staff and with elders that that preach Jesus, that preach um, the Bible. 
that allow us to grow in the Lord, that point us in the right direction. And um, I, I, again, I'm thankful for, again, to echo what Jess was saying. So, so thankful for this community. Uh, thankful for our church. I'm thankful um, for what God is doing in this church. And I'm thankful for our pastor who loves the Lord. Um, and it continues to grow in him. And again, it's, it's been a blessing. You know, God is truly faithful even in the growth through our pastor and, and how he has shepherded us. Um, so, yeah, this year, while it has been up and down, um, it, it's, been, it's been all God. And uh, with that, there's consistency. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Hello. Uh, thank you. Um, in 2013, this year, I uh, had a baby out of wedlock. And uh, I'm going to try to be concise. Um, I don't exactly have anything planned out about what I'm going to say right now, so hopefully it kind of spills out. But if any of y'all want to talk more later, uh, I really like coffee, so we can <laughs> meet up on that somewhere else. Um, so, uh, found out that we are going to have a baby, and that was a huge shock. You know, like we said, uh, had no idea that life was going to look that way, and still not really sure what that looks like, but uh, a lot of flood of emotions came through at that point, still coming through, uh, about shame and guilt, and, you know, really just, you know, failed expectations for your life, and you know, feeling like you're not really a true Christian or that, like, if, you know, we were really free from sin, none of this would have happened. And so what kind of life am I living if this is, you know, the evidence of that in my life? But uh, one of the biggest things I've kind of learned through all this is it's not, you know, it is the evidence of sin in my life, but it's more so the evidence of God's grace in my life that um, out of this came a beautiful baby girl um, who every day surprises me and uh, really teaches me what, what love looks like, and it's hard. Uh, everything changes, but I'm really thankful for a godly community that's adjusted with us, that showed me no uh, no guilt and didn't foster any of this shame um, at all. That was, you know, coming from an uh, internal place. Um, yeah, and so, like every day, I'm I'm learning more and more that like, I'm struggling with this, but, like, God doesn't change, and he hasn't left us, and, like, his view of me, uh, like, like, hasn't changed from the time that I was born, you know, Micah's age to now, like, he's loved me unconditionally pretty much from the start, um, and Micah's life isn't, you know, tainted by this, you know, because she was born out of wedlock or anything, he doesn't love her any differently either, and, uh, it's pretty awesome, and so that's I mean, that's evidence towards a, a holy and perfect God that's not characterized by sin, that's completely above all of that, and he's the one who loves me and teaches me to love others, and 
has taught everybody here to love in that way and has loved me in that way and Lauren in that way and Micah in that way. And it's been awesome. And uh, continuing to learn that and experience that is, is a pretty beautiful thing. So thank you. Hi, I'm Ashley, and um, I've only been at the ring for a little over a year now, but uh, 2013 has been, I don't know, it's been kind of crazy for me. Um, in April of 2012, I uh, met my biological dad for the first time ever. Met over the phone, but uh, and that was super weird and strange and the oddest phone call I've ever made in my entire life. And uh, I guess growing up um, without a dad, you know, for 22 years, you kind of build up in your mind of what it might look like someday, um, you know, of what that situation's going to be and who that person's going to be. Because, you know, I literally, I just knew nothing. I knew a name. And uh, so that whole process got started, and there was just a lot of, like, joy and excitement at the beginning of it. And a lot of my friends in the college group, like, have seen the whole spectrum. They got to, like, rejoice with me for a few weeks when I was really excited. And uh, it went from being this really cool thing at first to being just this really horrible, terrible situation that um, was really hard on me and was hard on him. You know, he has a family, which never occurred to me ever that that was possible. And... uh, it got really weird really fast. And um, so that was in April. And then in September, I started coming to the ring. And there was just this, like, crisis of identity going on where I, like, I don't think I knew it then, but I feel like I was processing all these things that were wrong with me for why this wasn't working, you know, um, all these reasons why this wouldn't pan out the way I thought it would. And uh, I got to the ring, and we were talking about false narratives, which I'd never heard of before. And... Uh, I got to learn this really cool new way of processing everything that was going on around me and everything that the Lord was teaching me. And it was still, like, really bad. Like, it didn't just, like, I didn't walk in the doors one day, and I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. But uh, I got to be discipled in a special way, too. And um, But that, like, identity crisis kind of found its way into other parts of my life, into, like, my relationships with my friends, with... Um, my family, my schoolwork, my job, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it didn't get better for a long time. Most of this year was really rough. And, um, but in September, it kind of got to the point where I was like, oh, I'm going to be the girl without a dad again because this isn't going to work out, you know. And uh, in September, me and my dad had, like, this really long conversation where we were just like, this isn't good for anybody anymore. This is just, like, escalating um, negativity in both of our families, and, uh, kind of called it quits, which was, like, one of the biggest disappointments for me ever, and I thought it was gonna be just, like, the tip of the iceberg and what was difficult about the whole thing, but it was actually, from that point on, the Lord, I think he wasn't gonna let me fall. He was gonna restore me and hold me up and lead me 
down a path that I didn't know was coming. And um, I don't know. It was really special. I got to share my story a lot in community group and with Josh and Meg and a lot of my friends and stuff like that in a way that wasn't sad. You know, it was joyful because the Lord really showed me that he's enough, you know, that I wasn't incomplete before, and I'm not incomplete now, and that my identity isn't founded in, you know, who my dad is or how I feel like I measure up to other people, but that uh, my identity is in him, and that doesn't waver. That's a very steadfast thing, and I've always been a very emotional person. Like, I'm, like, on the verge of tears back there every time somebody has come up here tonight. And so the Lord, I've always thought that that was just going to be who I was, that I was just going to be emotional because that's how God made me. And uh, he's taught me a lot about being steadfast and how I can be that because he is that. And it's just been really special to see him be faithful. And there's a really awkward point of life right now where I just graduated college recently, and uh, I have to make all these decisions. And um, it's terrifying, but... uh, Jesus has been so faithful in all of 2013 and most of two, all of 2012, I guess, and uh, that I get to be really confident that he's going to be really faithful in this next part, and I don't have to be afraid, and just all that really good stuff. So. Hi, my name is Chase, and um, I really resonate with what uh, the other Chase and or what the other Chase was saying in the psalm just read. And uh, I want to uh, brag on Jesus, brag on His power and patience and grace and love and generosity, uh, because this year um, He gave me victory over a ten-year. Uh, addiction to pornography. And uh, over those years, I cried uh, from my own shame and weakness and was just, I would sob and and, and stay up late into the night and and pray to God and ask Him to help me and strengthen me and teach me and um, struggled to receive His grace in that. And... um, so I cried a lot from shame and weakness and uh, from my own kind of flesh and that struggle. And I cried a lot from uh, joy and um, just the reality of his forgiveness and faithfulness, like everyone has said, um, and his, his patience, his generosity and kindness. And so he made me experience the gospel through all of those things in really deep and uh, a lot of times very painful but real ways. And, um, and I don't think it was like late, you know, that I, that now it's like, okay, now, now I can say no to this temptation in a way I never could before. Now I can like put it away and I can be done finally, you know, after uh, so long. And it's really defined a lot of my relationship with him um, in just dealing with all of those things. And so I'm very thankful. Um, And I would say for those who are still kind of in the thick of that, don't, I mean, persevere, you know, cry and ask God for strength and, and, and experience the sorrow and the shame and 
and your own weakness and, and then experience the forgiveness and patience of Jesus when you, like me, I, mean, I felt like nothing. You know, I, 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 there were times when I was crying out and he made me feel in, a, in a, like a more real way than ever before that I would just say, Jesus, I have nothing beside you. I have nothing else to offer you, to stand on. I have nothing. And, um, and he received me in that. And uh, so, so then there's, there's joy, again, from that, from, from the forgiveness and the patience that he does receive us and uh, strengthen us, empower us. And so, um, like I said, for those who are still in the thick of that, and I was for a very long time, to continue and never doubt that the gospel will, will bear fruit and grow in your life. And, um, and like I said, never stop asking God for help. Never, never stop crying. Never stop um, uh, being desperate and needy. And uh, never stop praying. And it, it's not a surprise. You know, if the gospel is at work in your life, it, at some point, you know, it will prevail. He will prevail. He will win. And um, so I'm just so thankful to have experienced that finally this year after a long uh, go with it. So um, on top of that, another incredible thing is that I got engaged to the girl of my dreams. And uh, God answered one of my biggest prayers that I've had throughout those 10 years, which is to not bring that struggle uh, into my marriage because I want to... uh, I don't, I don't want to hurt her like that. I don't want to leave, leave that sort of legacy um, or, or have that be a part of what we have to deal with. Um, and so Jesus has been patient and good when it never made sense for him to be with me. And uh, for me, it was the same kind of thing with Chase. Um, you know, wondering if, if, if I've really been freed of sin, if I have the Holy Spirit in me, if all the power of God who created everything is in me, why can't I just put it down, you know, um, just, uh, say no, and, um, so struggled with that for, for a long time, and asked those questions a lot, and, um, and brought other guys in, and just had to dig into the gospel in ways that I would never had to, uh, if, if I didn't go through that, and so he's been, uh, very good, and, has never never stopped fighting for me and never stopped being behind me and embracing me every time you know I would I would call on him and so it's very true that all those who call on the name of the Lord will not be put to shame um, and that if we continue in the faith stable and steadfast and don't shift from the hope of the gospel um, that he'll bring us to glory not only in eternity but in this life as well and so I'm just rejoicing in that sort of redemption now. Um, some of my good friends say that I have the knack of being a little bit of a Debbie Downer in situations <laughs> to where things can be really exciting and everything's really good, and then I'll tell a story and it's like, wah, wah. I don't think this will be like that, but it kind of might be. (laughs) Just wanted to give you the heads up ahead of time. Um, In Deuteronomy 33, right before Moses died, he gave like one final blessing over the people of Israel. 
And to the tribe of Benjamin, he said, Let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him, for he shields him all day long, and the one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. And I guess probably this time last year, that verse was put in front of me, and it definitely resonated. Um, and just anything about, I always forget to breathe when I'm up here. Hang on, let me breathe. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've missed that last. Um, but so anything about security and resting in the Lord is always just something that I grab onto. Um, being away from my family um, because they're in Kentucky and being single um, and just having seen periods of time where things that a lot of people turn to for security are just things that I don't have. And so um, on top of the fact that the Lord has given me an incredible community through all of you, um, which is an incredible blessing, um, he's just also reminded me that he is the only place that brings security to me. It doesn't matter how awesome people are. It doesn't matter how great our church is. It doesn't matter. All those things are good, and they're from him, but he's where my security lies. And um, I think most of you know that in April, um, my stepdad had a heart attack, and he is just this blessing of goodness in my life. He is who the Lord used to restore me um, to him. He just showed me a picture of himself and a picture of what redemption looks like through my dad's presence in my mom's life and in my life. And it was after my mom married him that I got out of a really damaging, bad six-year relationship. And um, it was through watching him love my mom that I began to understand how Christ loves the church and how Jesus loves me. And so from that point on, I watched God restore my brother through my stepdad. I watched him restore my sister, my mom, and me, and it just, he's just been a pillar of goodness in our lives, and all through the power of God, I know that. So when this precious man, who is like just strong and awesome, and my mom always reminds me, he is not perfect. So I will say that, he's real close. Um, And so when he got sick, um, there were a couple of things that the Lord reminded me of, and one, when I first moved here, when I began to pray about moving here, the big thing for me was, what about my family? Um, I'm nine hours away, and I'm so thankful to only be nine hours away because I can get in a car and be there in nine hours. That's wonderful. But also just knowing that um, sometimes things happen and you don't have nine hours. So that was a big thing for me with the Lord of just asking, you know, this is kind of a big deal. I don't want to be in Baton Rouge and find out this and this and this happened. And as crazy as it sounds, I just felt like the Lord laid on my heart that I will never get a phone call that someone is dead, that I won't get a phone call saying I've missed it or that it's been too late. And it's just been incredible to see with my real dad. He was diagnosed with cancer and passed away, but I was there. I had time to get there. Um, With my mom, she had a stroke two years ago, and I was able to get there and be there with her. Um... And then with David, he had the heart attack, and then I was able to be there for surgery. And then because our elders are completely gracious and sent me home to take care of my family, um, I was able to stay for two weeks during his recovery. And so all during that time, the Lord just kept reminding me, I've been faithful, and I've told you that you're going to be where you need to be when you be there, when you need to be there. And um, 
that he is the one that my security lies in. It's not David, and it's not even David's health and restoration. It's Jesus being my strength. And so um, I guess I don't know if I'm making any sense. I'm sorry. Um, But the final thing that I felt like the Lord kept reminding me of when he just kept talking, just reminding me of that passage, let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him, for he shields him all day long, and the one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. And so all during the time I was home with my stepdad, the Lord would just remind me to rest secure in him because I am his beloved. And so um, most of you have heard me say my personal life is usually pretty boring. Not a lot goes on in it. So anything that is causing, you know, stress or busyness or whatever, it usually has to do with ministry. And I love it. Like, I'm so thankful that I have a job that I keep thinking is not really like a job. Um, But this time, my life did have some upheaval in it. And there were moments in his recovery that I can remember for the first time in my life thinking, I don't think I can do this. And I've joked and said that I finally found my emotional kryptonite, and it's apparently when my precious stepdad is sick. (laughs) Um, Because I just felt weak, and I felt like I couldn't be strong. I couldn't help my mom. I couldn't not cry. I just, I said, mom, my eyes will not stop leaking. I just cry all the time. So it's like three days straight. And there would just constantly be streams because he was hurting and he couldn't move. And we felt inadequate to take care of him. And God bless Paducah hospitals, but there was no patient education. And I was calling Cam Klein in the middle of the night saying, this is going on. You work with heart patients. Is this what's supposed to happen? And she was such a precious help of security and encouragement in that. Um, but in those moments, I think for the first time, I just remember the Lord saying, you don't have to be strong. If you have to turn to me every second, let me be strong in every minute. And if you cry the whole time, it's okay. You don't have to make everybody better. If you sit up all night long on your night to watch him, I'm watching over him first. It's not you. So praise the Lord. He has, he did recover, has a full recovery and is a little bit irritated that he can lift like five pounds less than he used to be able to lift. Um, But the Lord during that time just would have these moments with me and he'd say, what if I'm still God and I'm still good, even if he doesn't recover. Um, And there were times when we really didn't know if he was going to recover. And so I think just to sum up, this was probably the first personal season that I've gone through that I really felt insecure and felt like everything that was that I knew to be steadfast and safe in my life that were things of this world even though they were good things just everything got shaken and um, the Lord just continued to remind me I'll read it one last time let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him for he shields him all day long and the one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders so during that time, the Lord just let me rest between his shoulders. I was able to just sit and know that he's good and he is faithful regardless of what's going on. Um, yeah, that's it. I could say a lot more, but thank you so much. You got anybody else? One more? Two more? Two more. Jesse, then Matt. Then we're cutting it off. No more thankfulness <laughs> I'm Jesse and um, so I could talk forever that's why I'm kind of late getting up here because I've been sitting back there thinking how can I make this short how can I make this short so um, 
Okay, so I got home from Haiti um, in February. And how I can brag on Jesus is that what I thought was going to be the hardest thing ever was pretty easy for me. And a lot of that has to do with because the Lord provided me with great family and great friends and great community. And um, it is still hard all the time, but he is so kind. And um, I never really, like, knew, like, what kindness was, I guess, like, true kindness. But um, I haven't surely, surely, surely experienced that this year of um, just being home. And um, because I could have gotten really bitter and not bitter, like, about being home, bitter, like, towards other people because they just didn't quite get it. And they didn't get my heart of, um, of how the life that I've been living, the life that I lived last year. Um, and so, but at times I did want to be bitter towards people and like kind of be ugly to them. But Jesus wouldn't let me do that. And I'm so thankful that I wasn't ugly. Um, because he has been so kind. So he has taught me how to be kind to people and um, in a different way of just like love, how to love and serve people. It's a different kind of way of just simply just being kind and what that looks like. Um, another way of, for this year of how the Lord has been very kind to me is that he has provided me a fiance. And, um, and I, that is a miracle. And... <laughs> I am so, so thankful for that, and um, Ben and I have, um, we are learning what it looks like, um, how to be married, or what it's going to be to be married, and we often talk about um, how we have some really awesome examples set before us on what marriage is supposed to look like, not only our parents or our siblings, but just some really awesome friends who um, have just provided a really, really sweet and kind example of what marriage means and what it looks like and how Christ um, wants marriage to look. So we are so thankful for that. Um, there's been a lot of people praying for that. And from me, I never really thought that I would ever be a wife. Um, I knew that I would somehow have children, but... Um, <laughs> I never really thought that I would be a wife. So I'm going to be a wife, and I'm so happy. And um, we will have lots of children. And uh, Ben and I are so thankful um, because the Lord has just been teaching us some really cool things about what may happen after we get married. And um, just as far as, like, serving people and what that looks like, and how our marriage, we want our marriage to be about you guys and about people and how we can increase his kingdom. And we want our marriage to be about um, just adoption, foster caring, and people like Jess has set that example for us, and we are so thankful for that. So we are thankful, and we're really looking forward to 2014. So um, thank you all so much. and. Um, 
I don't know what else to say. I'm so, so thankful for y'all. And just for your prayers whenever I was in Haiti and now for this year. So, thanks. This guy makes me the most nervous out of all, all of those who are sharing. I'll, I'll try not to embarrass you. Um, okay, my name is Matt, and uh, I've been up here before, but I just got really nervous all of a sudden, so forgive me if I stutter. Um, so anyway, uh, for the past uh, year and a half, I have um, dealt with um, just a pretty intense battle with, uh, with anxiety, and uh, um, it's one of those things that can be kind of tough to talk about, and this is going to maybe sound like a, a sexist statement, but you don't, when, you hear, when you hear people talk about anxiety, it's usually a lot of women that talk about it very openly. And so, you know, to hear a guy talk about it, um, I've had to, like, deal with a lot of insecurity about opening up about it. But um, one of the things um, that um, well, the Lord's been teaching me just so much through this, and he's still teaching me, and I'm still in the midst of the, of the struggle, and I think even before I got up here, um, I battled with the idea of, of the thought that, you know, we can't get up here yet because you're not through it, and, and I, I just, and I think some other people that have come up here have said this, I think, like, I'm still in process, but that doesn't mean that I can't get up here and just talk about how faithful the Lord's been through the process, and I, so anyway, just through this process, the Lord has just been super faithful um, to teach me a lot of stuff. A couple of things is uh, just humility, um, and not in a sense where I think a lot of times I've thought of humility as just thinking, just I thought of humility wrongly and, and thinking of myself poorly or whatever, but humility in the sense where, like, in the midst of a lot of the, the struggles, um, I've kind of come to the end of what I can figure out. It kind of was one of those things that caught me off guard. Um, looking back on my life, I can see, like, uh, how it had been building and <clears throat> um, slowly kind of progressing, but, um, but it just really caught me off guard, and I just didn't know what was going on, didn't know how to get out of it. Um, didn't know why it was happening. Um, a lot of questions came up, and um, why, you know, why am I not having peace? Why, you know, I'm doing these things that uh, the Bible says um, I don't have peace. All these questions, and I think that can apply for any like long struggle that you go through. Um, why is this going on? And I think one of the things that the Lord has kind of brought me to is humility in the sense where I don't have to to have all those answers. I don't have to have. It figured out. Uh, I think Ro talked about um, one of my battles is being able to try to figure out or diagnose myself or um, like be able to fix myself. But I didn't realize how much I did that until this this process. And so, um, when you come to the point where you just you just have, don't have answers and you don't know what's going on, um, it's a very scary place. But one of the things that the Lord has brought me to is, is it can be a very scary place, but it can also be a place of incredible rest where you don't have to have answers you don't have to figure things out and that he is God and he is loving and he is good and that he is the one that has all the answers and we don't have to see things to be able to rest in his care for us and so that's a been a big theme throughout this process another thing is just um in the midst of this in the midst of asking all those questions um one of the things he kept on repeating over and over again through various places was just you know I love you and um, you know, I grew up in church, uh, have been around the church for as long as I can remember, and you, you hear the fact that Jesus loves you, and he cares for you, the Lord loves you, and I think, I thought I knew what that meant, but, um, but one of the things I realized is how, how intimately, like, he loves me, and how much he delights over me, and uh, how much he cares for me, and, 
And I think uh, what had happened over time is a lot of the perfectionism and, and a lot of that in, in, inner dialogue that goes on in my own head that's very critical of myself, and almost uh, without realizing it had projected that onto the Lord. And so, um, so just being able to, to, to realize like his love for me in a new way, in a more, in a more real way, in a, in a deeper way, has been very, uh, very, very awesome. Um, another thing that he has taught me is a lot about hope. And I think when you are in the midst of this, you want to hope for things to get better. <laughs> you want to hope for things to resolve. And I think for a while, I almost feel like I couldn't hope for that because um, I was scared of, okay, what if, what if, you know, what if I deal with this for the rest of my life? And what if, you know, I'm supposed to pray for contentment and am I supposed to ask him to help? But I think when you look at the scriptures, like you see David just asking and pleading for relief. And I, I think um, in the midst of, like, realizing what hope meant. I think he just was teaching me a lot about um, his heart for us, that he wants us to ask for those things, and um, he wants us to ask for relief, and that doesn't guarantee that he's going to bring it. There were plenty of times throughout this process where I was crying out for some sort of peace and some sort of rest, and, and it didn't come. And, uh, but realizing his heart that he says, no, ask me. I'm, I'm your father. I want you to ask me for these things, and I'm caring for you even in those times where you're you're not receiving the relief that you that you want. Um, so just being free to hope for both relief now and also just hope for eternity and realizing that there's there's going to be a day where this is just not going to be an issue, you know? Like there's um, a day where this is going to be completely free, whether it's in this life, and I hope it is, and, or um, in heaven. And, uh, and so that's just been real cool. Um, and the last thing is just realizing, and I think people have mentioned this throughout this process, is just... Um, the community that I have uh, has been just incredible. I mean, from my family to um, just my close friends have been super supportive. I, I haven't been on the receiving end a ton, kind of like Jess said. And so to be on the receiving end of care and people checking in and people just kind of upholding me whenever I feel like I was, you know, drowning <laughs> in a sense um, has been incredible to see and just know that I'm cared for in a lot of different ways. And seeing that care as just being the Lord's care for me and love for me and um, just some different different paths. So anyway, that's about it. So didn't embarrass you, huh? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's stand together as Josh and Chase come on up. Um, <clears throat> so Jesus has had a good year. Um, and he will have a good year in the next year, and the next year, and he will never have a bad year, forever. Um, when uh, a couple of years ago, many, many years ago, actually, uh, I worked at youth camp, because if there's anything that my personality screams, it's hire this guy to work at your youth camp. Uh, and very fittingly, instead of having a small group Bible study, I, was, uh, I worked with the adults, <laughs> And um, so there I was, 23, 24, a group of youth workers. Half of them did not want to be there. Half of them were way too excited to be there. Uh, And here I was trying to mentor them and disciple them as if I knew anything about anything. And a part of what we had to do was, was, uh, if you've ever ever been to Centrifuge, uh, like rec is a big part of it. And so you'd do all these, you'd climb the wall or do trust falls or do whatever, and then you'd have to debrief it, which is find some way to make that spiritual, you know. And the only one that ever really made sense to me was 
they had this series. There's maybe like five telephone poles that were like posts on the ground. They're maybe two feet off the ground and a series of like two by sixes that would go in between them. And so you would start all the adults off on one side and they would have to like walk. They have to get everybody from one side to the other. Um, and so someone would like kind of have to inch, inch their way out, you know, and they just make like a human chain and keep going. And one of the things is that you would watch them, and week after week after week, it was the same way. Uh, when they were standing on the post, they felt awesome, you know. And then when they were in between posts, they were terrified. And there's usually five, like five people from post to post. You had a person on a post, you had a person in the middle, and you had two people that were either transitioning to the middle or transitioning to the post, you know. And uh, the thing is, like, the, the people in the middle had to have the support of the people on the posts, and the people on the post could not just, like, cruise, basically, because they're like, I'm on a post. I'm not worried about you. It was a team deal. Like, you've got to get everybody through to the other side. And, and I feel like um, we heard a bunch of stories from people who, for one degree or another, are standing on a post. You know, there's some good footing. God's brought some healing or some deliverance or um, that kind of stuff. Uh, but I also know that there's probably a lot of us out there who are in between the posts somewhere, you know. You've either just moved from a place of stability into some unknown, or you're like smack dab in the middle of it, or you're kind of you're getting closer to stability or whatever. And um, it's a like God put us together. We're a reflection of the Trinity. We're a community together, and so um, we care for one another as well. And so I'm just incredibly grateful for those who got up and shared tonight. And if if someone said something that spoke to you, please don't be that awkward friend who pretends like that didn't just happen. Uh, encourage them, thank them, or whatever. Um, but if you're in the middle, uh, I hope that tonight is, has been an encouragement to you and that the hope of Christ has been just repeatedly uh, proclaimed and that you would acknowledge you're not always going to be stuck in the middle. You know, Like we're always helping each other move forward uh, until Jesus comes back for us. And so um, I'm very grateful for those who got up and shared. And I'd just like to pray, and we're going to sing in response, and then we're going we're gonna to go. Um, Lord Jesus, thank you for all these examples of your faithfulness and your, your power over addiction and insecurity and um, your um, strength to walk people through grief um, and uh, abandonment issues and sin struggles. And um, we're just so grateful, God, that you have overcome all those things and for constant proof of that. I pray that those who, are st- who have some firm footing right now, who are on the posts, uh, that their stories would encourage those who are in between um, and that we would continue to move forward as a community together. And as we sing, that this would be our collective thank you, um, our, our corporate just declaration that, uh, that you are who you say you are and that you do the things you, you said that, that you're going to do and you really do care for us in the ways that the scriptures say it. And so uh, we love you very much, and uh, our response is for your glory and yours alone. We love you and pray this in your name. Amen.